Welcome to the More Tea Vicar podcast from B&A Church in Bristol with Wayne Massey and James Stevenson. And welcome to this week's special edition. If you're watching it, the More Tea Vicar podcast is a weekly podcast that Wayne and I have been doing since the start of the pandemic, talking about theology, culture and life. It's produced as an audio podcast that comes out each Thursday. And this week we're bringing it into the weekly service um, just as a way of bringing a bit of fun and freshness um, to the way that we do the ministry of the word. So we're continuing our series in Matthew. So if you're just if you're listening to this on the podcast, as usual, this is a crossover event. So we're bringing together what we do on um, the weekly service where we're going through Matthew's gospel and we working our way slowly through the Beatitudes at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount in chapter five. And um, today, Wayne, what are we thinking about? Well, it's kind of a crossover then. It's a bit like when the Flash appears, like in Superman or in Supergirl. Kind of, <laughs> you know, like when, yeah. yeah, anyway. Just like that. It's no Lycra, thankfully. Nice. Uh, so, right. So today we want to talk to you about um, finding freedom from your pain. Uh, I'm sure as you're listening to this, I don't need to get everybody to pause for very long to areas in your life where you probably carrying pain and um, either pain that you're experiencing or pain uh, that is being done to you uh, the way we're going to go into them imagine did you ever play that game uh james did you ever play the game when you were a kid where basically uh I used to do it with my my brothers uh and because i was bigger than them so i always won where you get somebody either in a headlock or the really one was a chinese burn and the only way the other person could get out of it was they had to scream mercy yeah, I think I I, um, I played it with my sisters. It didn't work out so well. And then um, in order to stop it, my mum played it with me and I lost. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, you just play the game. You'll be like in this headlock and then you have to go, mercy, mercy. And at that point of mercy, you find release from the pain that you were in. And so actually we want to talk today about um, mercy and, and receiving and giving mercy as being a way of finding freedom from pain that you and I are, are experiencing and carrying we're in the beatitudes so that is matthew chapter 5 the sermon on the mount and we are uh, in verse 7 and jesus says this blessed are the merciful for they will be shown mercy blessed are the merciful for they will be shown mercy now um today as we're recording this we've uh, i read already in the news that the first sort of big batch i think of Ox, uh, oxford astrazeneca um vaccines have gone to uh i think somewhere in africa yeah. and so we can so so what that's my way in james of saying and um, there is something that mercy isn't that we think our culture thinks it is do you want to tell us about that yes so quite often wayne when you're preaching you'll have your books beside you on your coffee table as a way of just being like a very subtle uh, reading list for anyone who who would want to know it and this is one of the books that appears on that coffee table every now and again tom holland dominion and it's a good book and in it he says it's really difficult for us um, as we think about how christianity has shaped the western mind and um, to understand um, what is distinctively christian and, and what is just part of a broader christian culture and he he makes the point that it's actually very difficult for us to um, to think of ourselves as not Christians in the West, because so much of how we think is defined by Christianity. Now, uh, we, we would disagree with him on that point. We would say that to be a Christian is to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. But we agree with him um, on that, that assessment of the culture in which we live. So, for example, the international aid and vaccines, it, it, we, lots of people will ask the government, well, why are we not doing more to help 
others. Whereas if you're committed to a, an ethic of the survival of the fittest, um, emerging out of a kind of a, a, a Darwinian worldview, then that isn't something that you would be committed to. So, so compassion is a, um, a, a foundational um, aspect of our, of our worldview as people in this country, whether we're Christians or not. And so it's a part of the way in which public debate is um, shaped. There's a, there's a view that compassion is important. But compassion is um, something that actually other people can do and there isn't a cost for me personally. You know, I, I would like there to be international aid given. I would like there to be vaccines given. Um, but then um, other people would. But then we, we might not necessarily want our taxes raised in order for that to happen. Um, we would like other big corporates to pay up their taxes so that that can happen. Um, whereas mercy it is something slightly different to that. Um, Wayne, do you want to just tell us what what we understand mercy to be distinctively from Christian compassion? Okay, cool. So if, if we were, if, if we were, let's begin and let's remove it from kind of like just Christianity for a second. The dictionary definition of mercy is compassion or forgiveness, which is shown to somebody with his with. It, with um, whom it is within one's power to punish or harm. So compassion and forgiveness shown to someone whom uh, what is within our power to punish or harm. Now, when you then bring that into kind of Christian theology, mercy um, is, is about um, an authority figure forgiving the crimes of another and at the cost of that authority figure. Mm. Okay. So, so, so it's the forgiving of a, the crimes of another at the cost of, so taking on the consequences of those crimes at the cost of another. Um, Jesus tells a story about the unmerciful servant and the master forget that in the, in that it's in Matthew chapter 18, if you want to go away and read it, but he talks about a master who's owed money and, and he forgives his servant because the servant basically says, I've got no money. And he says, okay, don't go to jail, work out, you know, and at the master's cost, he releases the servant from his obligation. Yeah. Um, and so we and we understand that as Christians as primarily working out in the work of Jesus um, at the cross in that the one who has authority over us to judge us for our sin and rebellion yeah. has come and has taken our place in sin and rebellion uh, and we can be forgiven. So, so the mercy of God costs God everything. Okay. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And that is different between between that and compassion. And um, when I walk down the street. I'm going to make myself sound really good here, but you know, sometimes I do sometimes when you walk down the street and you see the guy who sat outside the co-op and, and you say, as you go into the co-op, you, you say, uh, somebody says, you know, can I get you a sandwich and can I get you a Coke and a piece of fruit? And that's compassion. Cause actually, you know, three, four pounds, that's not, that's not really costing me. Mm. Um, and it's not, that's re compassion is a really good thing, but mercy, it, it costs. Um, and, and, and in terms of, in terms of receiving and giving mercy, if you go back to my original illustration, you know, the person who's receiving the Chinese burn, they, you call out, you know, as a 10-year-old child, and the other people I used to play with are my cousins who were all bigger than me. Uh, and, and at that point, when you start going, mercy, mercy, you are utterly at your wit's end. Because in terms of crying for mercy, you're basically saying, I can't get out of this. I have lost. There, you know, you have won. And so in order, in interesting enough, to receive mercy requires a humility and a, and a vulnerability and almost like a brokenness that goes, actually, I can't get out of this. OK, um, so that, that's mercy. Let, let's just get into this, this verse. Blessed are the merciful, for they will um, uh, 
be shown mercy. Uh, that that seems to be slightly the other way round to what you're saying. Help us just to understand that a little bit. Yeah, so we, we have to, so the Beatitudes on one level are a list, you know, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are the meek, blessed are uh, those who uh, hunger and thirst for, blessed are the merciful. Um, but they're not, it's not a to-do list. The Beatitudes aren't do this, then get this. Um, they're, more, uh, they're more like identifiers. I was talking to you about the fact my mum loves um, birds and she, she's utterly brilliant at um, telling you basically every bird that walks in, you know, that comes, walks into, flies into our garden. But when my parents moved to France, she discovered a whole load of birds that she didn't know because they have some similar but some different birds in France from Ireland. So we bought her a, a bird identif identifier book um, for, you know, birds of Europe. Um, now she's again brilliant, but we'll be in their garden and this bird will appear that we don't know. And if my mum doesn't know what it is, we get the book out. And you go, oh, look, it's got that blue plumage or it's got this or it's, it's got a bit of brown. It's yeah. big. It must be a J or whatever it might be. Um, they are UK birds. I do know that everybody. Um, but you identify the J um, from what it looks like. And so these um, phrases in the Beatitudes aren't do this, then get this. They are actually, if you spot somebody who gives mercy, the likelihood is they've already received it. So back to that parable. Um, the, the force of the parable is the master forgives the servant a great debt. And then the servant goes out and throws another servant into jail who only owes him a small amount. Mm. At which point the master comes back and throws the first servant into jail. He basically says, I, get, I forgave you so much. How come you couldn't forgive this yeah. a small amount? And that is the kind of, our culture loves the phrase pay it forward. But actually, if you spot somebody who is being merciful, the likelihood Jesus is saying is they know what it is like to have received mercy. Yes. And when we get to the point where we are, um, uh, we, we realize eternally, that we're bo boy, boy, we're having a Chinese burn and we cry out to God for mercy. And we, we realize that in Jesus, he, we are forgiven and we are set free. Um, and when the spirit invades our lives, we become people who long to give mercy as well. Yes. The spirit of receiving mercy means we will be merciful. So it's, it's not a, it's not a, um, a, this isn't a manual for how life works. So um, it's important to remember the, the missionary who went to Korea, the first missionary who went to Korea, who was killed before he, uh, he barely set um, uh, a few paces on land um, and explained what he was doing. And then the Korean revival came out of their, essentially their repentance for what they had done. He was a man who had received mercy, but he wasn't shown mercy when he was killed. And there have been plenty of people who haven't been shown mercy, even though they are showing mercy to other people. So it's not a description and a guarantee of how this life works as we see it. It's a description of, of what it means for us to be a people who know the mercy of God and will be shown mercy in eternity um, and and may experience mercy in this life but that's not that's not part of the guarantee we'll, we'll come on to uh, yeah um yes i know i'm just gonna go straight there um father forgive them for they know not what they do and um, the one who has shown you mercy was not shown mercy as he died for our sins yeah but, but in eternity we're showing us mercy so so jesus was merciful and has seen the fruit of his mercy in his in his restoration to the father and to the spirit but he didn't experience it uh, from us when he showed us mercy so um, wait tell us if we're if we're um this roughly speaking 50 percent of christians have had a point of conversion and 50 percent will have had 
um, a, a, a life where they can't determine where they became a Christian. Uh, as somebody who's in probably in, more in that category myself, um, I know that at times I can um, uh, forget the mercy of God because I, I um, can sense the virus that's in my brain that tells me that I'm good enough um, and that I was born into this and that I, I deserve to be saved. Um, and and I, I, whilst I know that's not true, I know that that's um, something that's a lie I have to fight. What, what would you say to, um, to people who, who are um, prone to forgetting the mercy of God, even though they would call themselves Christians? I, I think the first thing to say for all of us around our, our kind of our conversion is um, whether or not I, I'm one of the other 50%, I have a point, but my wife is like you. It, the first thing to say to everybody is, is, is know that you've arrived. So Charles Colson, who worked for Richard Nixon, became a Christian in prison. Uh, he was one of the guys caught up in Watergate. And he wrote about how his, that wasn't the story of his wife. She didn't have a moment of conversion. And he likened it to traveling from North Carolina to South Carolina, uh, that she didn't know that she'd crossed the border until she looked up and saw that she was in a train station. She would stopped at a train station in South Carolina, but she knew she'd arrived. And so that's the first thing is know that you've arrived. Uh, you might not remember when you crossed the border, but you have arrived. And I think the, th the thing that joins us all together, no matter our conversion stories, is we will assent to the truths of the faith. So can you say the creed? And do you believe the creed? Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? You know, do you believe uh, that the spirit is the Lord, the giver of life? And do you believe that Jesus will come again? And that's how, actually, that's how we know we're Christians. When we read the creed and we go, yes. Uh, there's a, a wonderful tutor. I don't know if he was um, studying. He was there when you, Thomas Juan Andy is some name James will know. Um, a Roman Catholic tutor who, who taught a bunch of people theology uh, in a university town in England and he said he said I only understood the doctrine of the trinity when I was filled with the holy spirit <laughs> this sense that actually when we read the creed and we go yes we know we've arrived um so so I think that's that that's that's what I would say um and then and then I think stepping into mercy uh, can I, if I come back to that uh, that opening illustration of the kind of being in a headlock and pain You're, this is where this is why I began by saying I think it will release us from pain so the first thing is that there's a lot of pain that we have received um that we have experienced and that we carry because of what we have done wrong um wrong choices we've made situations that we regret and we find freedom from that pain when we go to god so what is true in the text is that um the merciful will be shown mercy what must we do is go to the mercy seat so i so first my first move has got to be to god to remind myself of who i am in jesus and to continually receive his mercy. And in doing so, I find um, freedom from the pain that I carry. If I don't do that, and you and I take funerals quite a lot with our job, what, yeah. and we see this at funerals an awful lot, what happens is I direct that pain everywhere else, but I direct it at people who are as broken and messed up as me, who just bounce it back at me and it, and it gets worse. What I find in my life is when I take the pain of what I have done and I carry it, um, you know, I carry it to Jesus, uh, I find freedom. The other really interesting one is, is, is compassion and forgiveness shown to somebody with whom it is our power to punish our harm. Quite often we hold things over people who've done things to us wrong, you know, done wrong things to us. And actually that re that's not easy as well, because I can remember winning those mercy battles when I was a teenager. And actually to have my cousin in a headlock actually takes a lot of effort and energy. And so quite often there's stuff you have been wronged as you listen to this and you are holding on to that wrong. And, and um, you know, you're like... Uh, <laughs> 
you're like Cameron from Ferris Bueller, if you've ever watched Ferris Bueller. You're so uptight because you're holding on to it. And actually, you need to show mercy. And in showing mercy, you will find... Yes. And I had this a couple of weeks ago. Um, I was challenged reading my Bible to forgive somebody who um, had deeply offended me and didn't know they had offended me. And, uh, and I felt the Lord say, you just need to pray, forgive that person and move on. So I did. I was kind of, oh. and then about two days later, I read something that made me think of something that person had done that was really rather good. And then I felt the Lord say, could you email them and tell them that you're very grateful for that? And then when, and you don't have to mention anything about the, what they did to hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> and I, dear so-and-so, I was, read this thing i thought of you and i just want to say thank you so much because um i was actually this was really good of you and 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 and, and brilliant of you and i'm very grateful for it god bless and i had this lovely email back and the whole interesting enough the whole thing was rather free yeah um, and so actually when i receive mercy i find freedom from where i'm experiencing the chinese bone in my life and when i give mercy i find freedom from where i'm just holding on to it all um and, and actually, a world full of people who receive and give mercy could be quite a beautiful place. I think Jesus thinks that. Well, we know he does. Um, uh, so that, that was um, an episode of Morty Vicar from B&A Church in Bristol. We, we talk each week about theology, culture and life, and we do it in a way that we help, hope helps people to follow Jesus. And if you're watching this, we would encourage you to um, to listen to the podcast regularly because we we think it will help you to follow Jesus and that's not a bad thing what we are going to do now in the weekly service is something that we wouldn't normally do on the more TV podcast which is just to, to spend some time praying and leading us in response so when I we're just we're just going to invite you wherever you are watching this to um, maybe close your eyes hold out your hands in front of you as, as a way of just asking the Lord to come and minister to us so let's do that together so we pray simply Come, Holy Spirit. 